Welcome to Crushing on Callisto 6, a limited run podcast fangirling over a limited run RPG on Project Alpha, plus craft talk inspired from the show sometimes when I can fit it in. I'm Darcy, I'm also known as Slightly Foxed on Opal Socials in one form or another. This episode is recorded after the release of issue number nine and it may contain spoilers. Wow, um, issue number nine was um, one of those all-around great episodes where it um, answered a lot of my questions, and I really loved it. Um, it was just super satisfying. I mean, we start out with basically a kaiju fight between um, Honey Baby, which is what I'm calling when, when Sweet Baby uh, infuses honey, and I think there's a precedent for that, um, and Sal... And, which, you know, I love me a kaiju fight. And then Sal gets tamed, like, um, reminds me a lot of Ludo from Labyrinth. Um, And I think it's really interesting that Eric brought up the whole questioning of the values of, okay, so what is considered a monster? That, okay, we don't kill humans, but we do kill monsters. And what is considered a monster, and what is considered a not monster, um, and I think in the final showdown situation, this is going to be really interesting, especially since we touched on clones, um, and what it means to be a monster, what it means to be human. It will be very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. But Sal with the and the peanuts and oh, that's so happy making, even though he's kind of gross looking, but I really don't want a Funko Pop of him, but he's still kind of cute. Um, one of the things I probably screamed out loud about <laughs> was the appearance, uh, the vision that Oya had of her, Arisha, um, that warrior woman. And that's Oya. That is Oya. That that's that she saw her Raisha, and there it is. Um, I do admit to being a bit confused with the whole Kylan Kraus. Will the real Kylan Kraus please stand up? Um, I liked the old man at the piano imagery. It was very Blade Runner to me. Um, and this also answers my questions. I think in some ways they found their, not necessarily their leader, but at least someone who can help mentor them through making the big decisions as a group. Because sometimes you just need someone to facilitate. And um, I, he's kind of their oracle. And <laughs> and, and he and Cobalt uh, are also their trust fund so that they're able to do um they're able to do what they need to do, which is kind of nice. Um, so it's like, okay, so all those things are getting into place so that they can can become who they are. So then it, it was just um, counting down the time of like making a decision. Do they make the deal with the devil? Uh, it answered, it brought up one of my questions about hops. I think at one point, and I can't remember who said it, but but they flat out say, do you trust us? And um, considering 
considering that she's had to do a lot of stuff on her own. It seems like Anton, even though he's a corporate kid, he he is seeing the logic in this. And he's also kind of, you know, being fired kind of takes care of that, too. But um, but it's it's I think it's this is Hops's journey again of who to trust. And um, again, I find it, I try not to armchair psychoanalyze, but it's, you know, when Bonnie keeps creating characters kind of like this, I mean, it's, I don't mean to look into your therapy, but you're kind of letting us in, looking in on the psychiatrist pad, babe. We love you. Um, but as, as they're going through and, and, and Kylan just makes it like, I will take care of your families. I will keep them safe. You don't even have to make a deal with me. I'm going to do this. Um, and they talk about using artist personas, which um, I, I, I liked that. That was very, I mean, because, you know, automatically Luma has her has hers as moth. Um, and uh, see, my... I, I'm a child of artists, and he, uh, my dad just uses his name, Dennis Moran, but um, I also belly dance with, my teacher uses her, um, her stage name is, is Farasha, uh, uh, which is Arabic for butterfly, and the way she moves is, she's a great teacher. It, you know, it seems like if you're doing something that has the potential of being illicit, controversial, that sort of thing. There seems to be that need to draw on like a, um, a name that's almost a separate persona from who you are. But I keep coming back to what Lacey says of, I don't want to hide. And I think that and the combination of Oya having the vision of Oya Oya is who she, I, I'm not sure how she can give herself a code name because she is who she is, who she was and who she will be, which is very telling with her powers, that um, there's something kind of amazing in deciding that I'm the sup I'm my super I'm a superhero in myself and no bells and whistles needed. Uh, names are very important. I get that. I mean we all know that. We we know that um uh, there are naming conventions through several cultures. Um we often know the history of our own name. Um I like to remind my daughter especially on rough days that uh, she actually has two middle names, and we have built in um, the name Boudica, which is uh, who was a uh, Iceni, uh, ancient ancient British clan queen who led a rebellion against uh, the Roman Empire um, in ancient Britain, and uh, basically burned London London to the ground. She was almost successful. And it took several legions to defeat her. Um, if you haven't looked up Boudicca, she's amazing. Um, but to remind my daughter that, you know, we've built in a warrior queen whose name means victory. We've built that into you. Um, and it also makes me think, you know, when people choose their own names and their own pronouns, giving rebirth to themselves in order to become their true selves, 
that's an important thing too, and that needs to be honored and cared for. Um, so the I, I'm watching with curiosity the whole name game sort of thing. The other thing I was thinking about is, um, especially since there's been some backlash against the folks at Critical Role, and this backlash happens a lot, that um, there are some people who will say, you know, just tell a story, don't try and make it political. I, I think the folks at Critical Role and Geek and Sundry are pretty forward with their uh, political views. I don't think you have to guess a whole lot, even though they don't make a big deal of it. Um, and I don't, I think one of the beauties of genre fiction is that you can turn over an idea in a way that you couldn't in, say, realistic fiction. Um, there was a time when I was um, doing a lot of theater in undergrad, and I had a professor, and I said at that time, I was very religious at the time, and I said um, that I wanted to write good Christian theater, and he said, like, Christian theater is a lot like porn, um, that there's there's a point that you're trying to get to, and the story is almost irrelevant, and I think what makes, uh, I can see genre fiction doing a lot of the same thing, but when you build a good story and build empathy with characters, um, then those are the kind of times like Callisto 6 that you can have conversations because you are invested in the story itself that you start to think about the ideas. For example, um, it is revealed that, <sighs> I can't remember what the, what the false, yeah, I've been looking on, the wiki page really needs to be updated. Um, I'm just going to call him F. Krause because, you know, we all want to F. Krause. But, um, how he kind of created Measure Z as a redirection of attention. But the idea, um, I think one of the powerful things of the Callisto 6 story is there's a lot of like power of community and power of the people. Um, which is why in some ways that when, when I look at like Hobbes and Anton as corporate kids, that they're, they're having to be drawn into this kind of thinking that people and community have power. Um, they don't have to be afraid because there are so many of us um, that the true Kylan Krauss tells them that they can be the face of the resistance. And um, the push to vote, wherever you stand on it, especially, well, I'm thinking specifically in the United States, but that push to vote it does count. It is our personal power. And it's that reminder that we can be the face of resistance um, in personal ways and in bigger ways. And doing just a little thing, we are the face of the resistance. So like they said in the story, you know what, y'all? We are Callisto 6. It's our, in a way, this is our call to action. And um, it couldn't be more timely.
So this is a really short one, um, but thank you so much for listening to Crushing on Callisto 6. Uh, it's going to be, I, I think, the way this one ended, I think we have a pathway, and I think we are finally figuring out, we now know what Callisto 6 is, because we are Callisto 6. You too. Me too. Let's go change some lives. Stay foxy.